And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, hello, everyone. Yes, once again, we are back. It is Sunday, August 22nd. And we are here for a new edition of the Weighing In Podcast. We have a lot to talk about. We had the PFL with Kayla Harrison taking on Jenna, and it did not go good for her. And then we had the Bellator fights, and we had Josh Thompson actually talking to an Olympic gold medalist for once in his life. He had Gable Stevenson in the house with him, and we will talk about that. And then we had the UFC with... Kelvin Gastelum taking on Jared Cannonier and a lot of other big fights going down. So much to talk about, my man. Also, Manny Pacquiao went against Ugas, and it did not go well for him. We'll talk about that yeah. one, too. What do you think, Josh? We have a lot to cover tonight, and you and I Just have not little. slept since yesterday. Yeah, baby, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, the fight started, I mean, semi-early, but by the time we got back from Sioux Falls, because there's no direct flights in and out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. There's not, but let us... And I had a three-hour-long layover. Let us say, though, Sioux Mm -hmm. Falls, those people are awesome. They came out. They were crazy about the fights. They're the nicest people. I love Sioux Falls. All of you, thank you very much for everything. You guys were really kind to us, and can't wait to go back there. Yeah, I mean... um, I've been there a bunch of times, but there's a couple places there that I really love. And so um, there's a little breakfast spot there that has great coffee as well called Josiah's. Josiah's. Absolutely amazing. We, as soon as we went there, uh, John wanted to keep going back every single day. <laughs> so we <laughs> I went, did. We did. I admit and, it. Um, and then I went on my own because everyone else kind of was, I was doing some work and I realized that they closed at nine. So I was in a hurry and didn't feel like calling everyone to go. But there's a little small hole in the wall dinner place called Parker's. And that place was absolutely amazing. I had the Wagyu steak with some uh, asparagus and they actually had an edamame salad with heirloom t- uh, tomatoes. Oh, it was so good. So good. So, and it wasn't like the regular, it was a real Wagyu steak. But the thing was, is it wasn't like the prices you get here in California for Wagyu. It's like 125, 150 here around San Jose and San Francisco. I got it over there for about $48. I said, I will pay that all day long. It was awesome. It was so good. So, uh, yeah, Parker's and Josiah's out there in um, Sioux Falls. Great people, man. Everyone's super nice. Crowd was electric when uh, Logan Story walked out. The crowd was electric all night. But yep. I mean, the crowd, you know, when we had the, uh, when I did the interview with uh, Gable Stevenson, by the way. There you go. Very nice. <laughs> when I did the interview, nice interview comeback, with baby. Gable Stevenson, yeah. <laughs> um, they had the USA chant at the very end, and it was insane. The little, you know, I got those goosebumps. It was just awesome. It was an awesome feeling. Crowd was all standing. Um, not a mask to be worn in that fucking place. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> the only people wearing masks were fucking all the people that worked for Bellator. Viacom <laughs> people, man, because they were mandated. Yeah, Craziness. man. We were all being told we weren't mad. It was funny, though. We walked in. I was like, man, I feel like I'm being left out right now. <laughs> like, I had a mask. It was great, though. It was a great, it was a, uh, a good week of fights, man. So, first, Lots. we're going to jump into the PFL. Let's jump into the PFL. Let's knock this bad boy out. Dave, what do you got for us? Cut right here. He's got 
we had well, let's go let's just go with the the main the main fight on that night was Kayla Harrison versus Jenna Fabian and let's be, let's just be honest again Kayla Harrison she's a stud she is absolutely a great martial artist she is now a outstanding mixed martial artist but again Jenna Fabian was no competition for her. Took her down, beat her up, and look, the, the referee let her get beat up. He let it go a long time. Nothing you know, wrong with any of it, but he made you know Kayla work for it, but she just smoked her. Just smoked Yeah, there was there was no answer. I, I'm um I'm a big fan of Jenna. She's she used to train up here at CSA up um up in near Livermore area where I'm from, here in San, near San Jose. And um she trains a lot of good people that I know. You know, Al Piccolotti yeah. trains up there as well uh, with Kirian. You've got a great group of people there. Zoila, uh, Zoila, Zoila was from there. Frosto, she was from there. And then, um, what's it called? Uh, <clears throat> Kevin Ross. Kevin Ross Kevin used Ross, to work Gina out Carano, there. Gina That's Carano. Yep. Yeah, Bolanos. Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of top level kickboxers are out of that gym. So, um, yeah, I was expecting big things from her. She's back at City Kickboxing, I believe, which is in New Zealand. So she's back out there, training there. They've got a good camp out there. She just, um, when you're so afraid of the takedown, she didn't let anything go. And I think with someone with her length and her reach, she's got to start using that that push kick up to the face, that push kick up into the the sternum. Stop throwing those leg kicks and start and start moving. Don't don't ever stand directly in front of somebody. Let me give you a perfect example. Uh, and this isn't just directed towards Jenna. I'm saying anybody when you're fighting someone who's a really good wrestler. Look at what Clay Guida did tonight. He punched and punched and then circled. Punched and punched and circled. Punched and punched and circled. I know Clay's an animal. He's got great cardio. So that's the, that's the one thing that, that he can do very well because he's got such great conditioning. Not a lot of fighters have the type of conditioning he has. So if you think you're going to go out there and just, oh, I'm in great shape. I can do it in one fight. No, it's going to take you years of practice. You know, I mean, at least six to eight months of just doing it every single day, trying to get better at getting on your bike and striking while you're moving and still landing shots and power. Those are all things you're going to have to learn to do and get your body prepared to keep that pace throughout, you know, a three round or a five round fight. Jenna didn't do that. She stood right in front of her. She did a couple of nice things, then moved a little bit, but it wasn't like, like explosive movements. She was really looked like she was just kind of trying to land the one shot and time, time the entrance of Kayla. And it wasn't going to happen. You know, the feints that Kayla can do, the bulldozing that she does, she just walks you in, smothers the space real fast. And once that fight hit the ground, it was there was no way of stopping it. But I did want to bring something up to you, John. Was that Amanda Nunez was there, their teammates. Yeah. She she must know something that's not Amanda, but Kayla. For her to be the way she is, I know she's an Olympic, uh, you know, I know she's an Olympian, she's a medalist. But my point is this she must know something from training with them that she belongs somewhere in that upper echelon of fighters. You know what I mean? Like, cause the way she talks, it makes me sound like she handles, not handles Amanda, but I'm saying that she, she, she has a lot of good work with her. She does. You well. know what I mean? It's, yeah. And so when you, when she you have someone well. like, yeah, it competes well. Yeah. Now I know we're talking about practice. I get it. Yeah. You know, I get it. Al, Alan Iverson quote, you know, we, we're talking about practice, <laughs> but when it comes down to it, like I know in a real fight, it's different. But there's got to be something. There's got to be something that somebody knows that just means that she she's must be doing pretty well with, you know, with the, with the top level girls there out of ATT, and one of them just so happens to be Amanda, and so that says a lot. I mean, 
You know, I'm not saying that she can beat Amanda, and and I'm not saying she could beat I mean, outside of Amanda. There's just Chris Cyborg, and then the rest of the females in that division at 145 or 155 because Kayla's at 155. It's like it's like a whole nother. It's my, yeah, my hands are wide there's enough on this absolute screen. gap. Yeah, there's a big in the gap level structure those. of those yeah. couple of fighters and everybody else. Yeah, just, there is. I mean, I would say Holly's probably up there. I say Holly. I mean, so Holly's, Holly's a bad older. But Holly's a bantamweight. Um, she really doesn't yeah, want to fight. She's fought at forty five though. She's fought. At she has. I'm not saying, she, but she's she's a bantamweight. Yeah. So and that's I say where the same. I say, fighting. I say the same thing about um, Jermaine drawn to me. Like she's she's also a bantamweight, but I think she's she's fought it. She was she was a title holder at forty five. Yep. So um, I I would say the same thing. I'd say those four girls are like kind of that. They're like the top four girls in that weight class. Now, Kayla, I think, could slide in there and be do very well, you know, because stylistically, like if she was to fight um, Holly and Jermaine and she got she was able to get them to the ground, I think it would probably be finished pretty quickly, you know, with her, with her level of uh, pressure and, you know, and jujitsu a little bit. She's, she's judo players have normally pretty good jujitsu. Not great, but it's it's pretty good. But their pressure and their strength are to, are just pretty much unmatched. Judo players are extremely strong, yeah. extremely strong, and so um, I, it made it, like I said, going back to the Amanda Nunes thing, it just had me thinking that there must be something that it that needs to be said that that shows that she's that good. Because I mean, Kayla, for Amanda to show up there and you know, support her and be there for her and all those things, I'm, you know, as well as the training, the amount of training they've done together, I think I think that there's something there. You know that hey, I respect you a lot because you've helped me so much, or whatever it is. You know, like you're 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 really damn good. Well, let's it, look let's look at where the you know the fight did take place at the Seminole Hard Rock, which is down where Amanda lives, basically. That's true. So it's, so it's not like she traveled with her, but yeah. from talking with several of the coaches there, Kayla does incredibly well with everybody, and she is in some areas she's better than everyone, and that's understandable. From her background in judo, she's a two-time Olympic gold medalist. So, obviously, there's things that she's going to do better than anybody else in there. Mm-hmm. The real question yeah. is, and you say all the time when you look at it, is how will she do under the lights? Well, she's done well under the lights. Would it be a different pressure of her fighting somebody like uh, an, an Amanda Nunez in competition? Yeah, that's a different type of pressure. But she's dealt with that kind of pressure her, her entire life and at the highest stage Again, she's an Olympic gold medalist. So there's not a doubt in my mind Kayla Harrison can compete with anyone. Can she be hurt? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. She's super strong on the ground. She's dominating people like Jenna Fabian. She's not going to dominate Amanda Nunez on the ground. Amanda's got a very good ground game. She's not going to dominate a lot of other ladies. She may do well, but she's not going to dominate. She's going to have to do a lot of things to, to, to wear them down. Same with Chris Cyborg. She's gonna. She would have to do a lot of work. Chris on the ground. She's good on the ground now. She knows what she's doing, and she's not just gonna get bulldozed by someone. You know the way you saw what Kayla was able to do yeah. against her last opponent. So it, it really comes down. You know, and I and I say you know you're right with you know Jermaine. She could go to 45. Holly could go to 45. Chris is 45. Amanda's 45. She's the one that can, she can go down to 135 along with Holly and Jermaine. Chris and Kayla cannot. Kayla will never make 135. So the weight class that she could actually 
compete in other than the lightweight that she is right now would be the featherweight at 145. She's done it once. She did it when she went to Invicta when the PFL was basically closed down because of COVID. So, you know, you could see her against Chris, and that would be a fantastic fight. On the feet, she's going to be at a deficit. She still doesn't have the skill set to match up with either Amanda, Holly, Jermaine, or Chris in the stand-up. Her real thing is take it to the ground and use her strength and her style, which is smart. I wouldn't blame her for doing that. That's what I, if I was in her corner. That's what we would work towards. But, you know, the real question is, when is that going to occur? Because she is with the PFL. I know she supposedly is out of her contract at the end of this tournament season. We'll see what she decides to do. You know, the whole thing is there's, you know, she's made a lot of money with the PFL. That's, yeah. that's really, you're a prize fighter, but I, I look at her and yeah, she's a prize fighter, but she's also a competitor and she wants to prove that she's one of the best. She wants to prove yeah. that she could beat a Chris Cyborg. There's only one way to do that. Mm-hmm. Chris isn't going to the PFL. <laughs> Amanda's yeah. not going to the PFL. Yeah. Just being no, no, honest. No. no, no, I know. I know. I I get a little like I get a little frustrated when um people say like, hey, you know, why doesn't so and so come to the UFC and just fight him here? Why doesn't someone from the UFC come to Bellator and fight them there? Yeah. And it'd be no different than, like, why doesn't someone from Bellator go to PFL and fight sure. them there? Why doesn't someone from PFL? Like, I, there's a lot to be said about home turf. Like, when you walk into a separate cage, a different feel to it, it's the, it's the employees that work for the organization that makes it all feel different. It's a new place. I mean, look at guys that have had, they've fought, you know, all the guys have fought over in, um, in Pride. And when some of them came over, they didn't have very good first fights. You know, Rampage being one of them. He didn't have a great fight, his first fight, you know, in the UFC. It wasn't, it wasn't spectacular. I think he got the win anyways. What, Marvin Eastman? Was it Marvin Eastman? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it was, I mean, I think he finished him in the second, but the first round wasn't a great round, you know, and he didn't look great. But so it's just a matter of like, look, it doesn't matter who he fought. He fought a bunch of fucking amazing fighters in pride. But when you get to a new organization, it doesn't matter. It's it's a, it's a, get, it's a feel thing. You got to feel comfortable in there. You got to feel feel comfortable around the people that you're fighting in front of mainly the employees because they're the ones that you you see throughout the whole week of fight week so that changes the way things work so that's why i've always wanted that cross promotion to happen but in the neutral neutral ground kind of thing so anyways um but look overall good performance by kayla harrison i mean i love the comments about izzy couldn't stop my takedowns that was pretty funny um (laughs) (laughs) yeah he wouldn't have to just kick you in the head (laughs) like like, that would be about it but he's, you know, he's a big, big guy. Even, I mean, like in terms of tall, long, and lanky, everyone. Tall, long, and lanky. But I thought that's what Janice should have used. She used that push kick up the middle. She stuck her jab and got on her bike, you know, fr- and flustered her a little bit. Pumping that jab out there, two, three jabs in a row, you know, and don't aim for the head, aim for the chest. Just chest, back her up. There. Boom, boom, back her yeah. up, you know, and just get her moving. Making her change, making her try to cut the cage off with you, you know, those, those type of things. Because... What happened was you just got taken down and you didn't really even get to get off. At least the other way you would add opportunity and a chance to land something. So, um, Capaloza against really Jones. good. I told you the guy's got great stand. I love he's that good. guy. I think he's yeah. really good. He's got he's good solid. hits too. Good takedown good. defense. Good takedown defense. He throws straight punches. He doesn't waste a lot of motion with anything. 
He is accurate. I think he's one of the best things they got going. I enjoy watching him. I think he's damn good, and he made Jones look average. Jones is a beast when, you know, when he's able to get a hold of guys and he gets on top. He's kind of like a Derek Lewis. He's a monster on top, and he didn't have a chance in that. He was getting hit. He didn't like what was happening. He wasn't able to get the takedown. Capelosa just beat him up. So yeah. great, great performance by him. Really impressed. Yeah. Jones is explosive, right? He's from the he, he wrestled up in North Idaho. Yep. Tra- yep. Train, used to train with Trevor Prangley. Uh, I don't yep. know where he's training at right now, but um, bottom line is, is that like you need to you need to always try to improve your craft. And since the first time I've seen him fight, he hasn't gotten any better. You know, maybe his setups on his takedowns have gotten better, but when you get to the higher level guys, it's a lot harder to get in and get those setups going on when you're only throwing ones and two punches to get in. You just throw one big punch every single time, and then kind of like half half heartedly shoot a double leg when he didn't get it he got tossed off a little bit he just okay back to circling put my back to the fence but once i know your back is to the fence i'm not as concerned about you taking me down because i got the whole fence i got the whole cage to go backwards in so i'm not concerned about you driving me to the fence and then you know you you being able to lock your hands you have to drive me all the way across the cage to get me to the fence now so for wrestlers you know he's got to be pushing the, the action making him make a mistake turning left and right you know, cutting the cage off, you know, making them try to fire under pressure. He never did that. I don't think, I don't think I saw him do that more than once, maybe twice in the whole fight. And once that happened, once you could see he started getting tired and then it was just all downhill from there. Yeah. But a great the game. But Capaloza, he's the real deal. You yeah. know, the, his opponent, I think his opponent's going to be uh, Dalia. Uh, Ante Dalia. He won uh, yeah, yeah. a decision. Yep. You know, got his hands full. Yes, he know? does. Dalia looked good. Um, he did. Uh, what's it? Goldstoff. 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 Yeah. Goldstoff. Yeah, he. I. I. It was a. It was a good fight going back and forth. They had some good exchanges. They really did. But uh, Dalia ended up pulling it out. But I mean, it was. It was a good fight back and close. forth. Close. You know, for bigger close. guys, for bigger guys, they had a pretty fast, uh, pretty fast paced fight. They did. You know, there was moments where they were kind of hanging out against the fence, but. You expect that from bigger guys, but they were letting the leather fly, man. They were getting after it for a while, some good scrambles. So it was a, it was a good little fight. But I don't want to skim over the the, the female fight, though. Well, I, uh, that's where we're going now. Yeah, yeah. So Taylor um, Gordado, and then you Gordado. had, uh, yeah, yeah. Mariana Morais. Uh, Morais. Yeah. Yeah. Did you think the right person won? <sighs> Not so sure. Not, Not so, so sure? sure. Uh, you know, it was yeah. close. I'm not going to say yeah. anything bad. It was close, but I think, you know, in fact, and this is where I really look at it. Look at Taylor's husband. They had him on camera watching, and when the mm-hmm. fight ended, what was he doing? Cheering? Uh, nope. I didn't see it. Shaking his head like, ah, oh, damn. You know, but she got the win. I, but I, th- I thought Marais won the fight. I really Yeah, did. I but, was kind of leaning that way as well. It was, yeah. You know, not that you know that there was there was some good things on both sides. Taylor did some yeah. good things, but I thought in the end that Mariana ended up landing the heavier shots. Probably did a little bit better, but judges went the other way. So Taylor has got the uh, golden opportunity to be the next opponent <laughs> for Kayla Harrison, and we'll see if she can stop the takedown and stop the ground and pound. After watching what happened with uh, Mariana Marais, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, I have a question though. Like, yeah, does go. the runner-up get 
what, half a million dollars then? <laughs> what <do> no. They get, <laughs> they get their they pay get? from this on that's their contract. It? That's it, that's baby. All they get? Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. Um, other than that, um, I didn't I didn't really get a chance. I wanted to catch the uh Marina. I can't even say her last name. Mohanakina. Come on, do it again. Mohaknakina. Mohaknakina. Yeah, you've got to say the T and the K together. Mohaknakina. Yeah, yeah, that's how you say it. So I just say Marina. She ended she ended up with a different opponent, so because she was supposed to fight uh I'm trying to remember who she was supposed to this was a completely different opponent. Got it. Lottie Zamora switched it out, so it all well, but overall, overall the main card, the main card was pretty good. You know, um, Dalia uh, and stuff like, had a good fight. Golstoff was good. You know, um, I thought Marais should have won, but hey, we're gonna see what happens in the finals. And then Jamil yeah. just didn't show up. Man, wasn't able to get the takedowns. Yeah, and, uh, he showed up. Kappa. He just he was he was going against a guy that's got very sharp technique and hits hard. Yeah. We're just a better all around fighter. Joshua, have you heard? Have you seen that civilians are going into outer space? It's been a tough year for everyone. Everyone's trying to leave, Big John. People are looking for an out-of-space experience. Well, I'll tell you what. I I recently had an out-of-this-world experience myself. Oh, yeah? What was that? Well, I was getting my orbits pube-free with my Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. Thanks to their new advanced skincare technology, you can get a precise shave with no accidents to make your balls feel like they are floating in outer space. The Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped will get your rocket ready for takeoff. It has launched not only in the USA, but in Canada, UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and even the hairless country of Singapore. The Lawnmower 4.0 is ready for grooming journey. You can use it on your balls, body, and even your anus, Big John. Oh, baby, I'm sure you have. I see what you did there. Join the 2 million men worldwide with Manscaped by going to manscaped.com forward slash weighing in for 20% off and free shipping on your Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that manscape.com weighing in for that extra 20% off and with free shipping by going to manscape.com weighing in abort hairy balls and buzz Lightyear, your wood woody and manscape <laughs> get 20% off free shipping by going to manscape.com forward slash weighing in again. That's 20% off and free shipping by going to manscape.com forward slash weighing in for a clean trinity and beyond that hairy face john that you have might as well be unhairy down there your space balls will thank you later where do you want to start on this one well i would like to go ahead go ahead i'm listening i would like to start with the mike hamill and bryce logan fight okay i mean is there is there did you like uh i thought archie had a good fight but you know we had a last minute replacement and it just wasn't, you know, wasn't really, a, it could have, it was, it was what it was, but I think. Yeah, Mike but there Campbell, was one cool thing with the Archie fight that we should talk about because Ben Simmons tried to pull off a buggy choke. In that oh, that's fight. right. Okay. And I don't know if people understand what a buggy choke is. A buggy choke was actually created by a white belt 
from Henzo Grace. Um, excuse me, Half Gracies. I said that wrong. Nope. Half Gracies. School. School down. Sorry, sorry. Hold, let me interrupt. Scroll down a little yeah. bit there, Dave. Um, was that in that fight? Yeah, Archie Colgan against Ben, ben Simmons. Simmons. Yeah. Gotcha. And uh, you know, a buggy choke is a choke when you have someone inside control. And most of the time, we're gonna say there's nothing much you can do except a backside or inverted mm-hmm. triangle if the guy puts his head and arm in the wrong place. But this one guy came up with this choke. It's an effective choke. I've mm-hmm. I tried to learn it. I'm not flexible enough to do it the right way, but I will tell you, it's really effective when someone has got that long, lanky frame like you talk about. There you go. You've got those long, those long levers. It is a tight choke, and it will put you unconscious. And if you're not aware of that choke, you will get caught in it quick, and all of a sudden you're getting put out. And there's nothing you can do to stop it once it's on. And I give Archie Colgan credit because he realized it, he stood up with Ben Simmons and slammed him onto that yeah. that floor and popped that choke right off and then went on to smash him at that point. But it was really nice to see a guy that had the, uh, you know a background with a technique to be able to try to pull off that type of submission and a guy that understood it and did the right thing in getting it uh, taken off and then putting on a performance. Archie Colgan, he's a good wrestler. That kid's a strong stud. He's going to be around. I like him. Yeah, yeah. He, what is he three and zero now? Yep, I think he's three and zero. Yeah, he had a good. Uh, he was a grinder, man. He got in deep on the takedown right when you said what he was going to do. He was going to press the pace, get into his face, wait for um, Ben to throw something, and then slip underneath, get right Change to the body lock, and got to yeah, got to the takedown. That was nice. Good work on his on his part. Yeah, the buggy choke was there. The first time I ever saw that choke was uh, one of the Rule Tola brothers hit it. I think it was I think it was Ty. I think Ty hit it in one of his matches. Yeah. And uh, for it works for yeah, it was good. You ended up getting the submission out of it, but it was a dope choke. Yeah, dope. I mean, wish that choke was around when I was around. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how these things, you know, people can hit them. They start figuring out new ways of hitting attacks. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, uh, Mike Hamill and Bryce Logan. What a fight! Uh, Mike Hamill, Mike Hamill. Both of them needed a win. Only one of yep. them. One of them was going to walk away with a win. Mike yep. Hamill came out on fire. There was no paw and there was no hesitation whatsoever when he came out for that fight. Started throwing punches, big takedowns. But Mike, when you take people down, man, you gotta control them. You started making me. You started giving me flashbacks <laughs> of Mike Van Arsdale. Big, big, beautiful takedowns, and then guess what? No control. And the guy hops back up. You got to do it again. And next thing you know, by the end of the second round, you're fucking exhausted. <laughs> He was so tired. He couldn't he barely get in on the takedowns anymore. I think it was before even half at the end, towards the end of the second round. So um, just work on getting the hooks in, work on pushing the head down. Those type of things are very key, especially when you get takedowns and people are against the fence. You know they want to put their body, their back against the fence so they can start trying to like kind of sh- like scrape you off. So put your body between there and start shoving their head to the ground and start putting hooks in, man. Get heavy on their head. Like ride them like a half Nelson. And so that I don't I'm so surprised we don't see that more by MMA fighters is riding them like ride, ride fighters like with with half Nelsons pushing their forehead in the mat. What's the number one thing that your wrestling coaches would always tell you? Drive their head, put their forehead to the mat, put their put forehead it in the, the ground. Just keep, yeah, put it in the ground. If they can't look up, they can't get up. 
So I'm so surprised that a lot of a lot of MMA fighters haven't figured this out yet, you know, and just grind and putting their shoving your your forearm across the back of their head, you know, getting them into a half Nelson and just shoving it deep, you know, and then putting your hooks in as you do it, little things like that. But I mean, he's he's a gamer, man. Mike Campbell's a gamer, and Bryce Logan was on par as well. I mean, they started they started amping up in that third round. I had it 29-28, Mike Campbell winning one and two. I had him losing number three, but it was a good yep. fight. That's the way, exactly the way I had it. And one yeah. of the judges went with uh, Bryce Logan. I didn't agree with it. Uh, but Mike Hamill and Bryce, both, they both put on a great performance. They both went after it. They both were, uh, you know, nonstop for the 15 minutes. It was a great fight back and forth being, you know, where Bryce Logan was from. The fans were kind of behind him. Mike Hamill, you know, shut all that down. I did like him on the mic afterwards. You know, he said, you know, this, this is this is a tough sport. And, you know, and it breaks your heart at times. But, you know, this is what I need is win 10 in a row now. We'll see if you can do it. I kind of like it. Put it out there. Yeah, yeah. I like him. He's funny. He's a, he's yeah. a, he's a character, man. He comes he's out good. with his macho man, Randy Savage glasses. Yeah. Got the mullet going. Got the, yeah, that the, got the haircut from hell, baby. Yeah, Gotta love yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Fabio Aguiar versus Taylor Johnson. This is the one that went split decision. The uh, Mike Hamill one was a unanimous decision. Nope. Really? I don't think so. Was it? It's listed as. Okay, yeah, I don't think they got that right. Yeah, no, I know what they did was um, one judge had Mike Hamill winning 30-27, and the other two judges had it 29-28. I remember that announcement. So I was like, oh, then Mike won this if it was 30-27. Yeah. So. um, Aguiar had a very good game plan. His game plan is, look, Taylor Johnson's explosive. He's strong. He's a great wrestler. I need to push him because I don't think he's in great condition. Even though he looks great, he burns out, and he was right. That was the difference in the yeah. fight. He pushed the pace. He lost the first round. There's no doubt he lost the first round, <laughs> but he pushed a high-pressure pace, made Taylor work, and then second and third round kept that pressure up. And you know, in the, I had it even going into the third round, and Taylor you know, shoots for a single and ends up, you know, sprawled out on and just stayed there. And it's like, I know why you're staying there. You're exhausted and I don't blame you, but you want to win this fight. You got to get out. And he didn't do it. Yeah. But, do it. but Fabio wasn't doing it much either. He, when Taylor shot in, he spent probably Fabio, he spent probably like a minute just hanging out on the top of his head. And yeah. He was just hanging out. And then Taylor was hanging on the bottom as well. Just, Either trying to grab the legs or just with his forearms on the canvas. Yeah, what but what's the better position somebody... to hold it? What's the better right. position to be? And I'm, I'm, my whole thought was saying, man, come around there. But if you're Taylor, you're the one carrying that weight. That's going to drain your gas tank even more. If, if you're Fabio, you're relaxed. That's no big deal. It's not, it's not hard on you. I understand you know? that, but I, if you're Fabio and you know someone's that tired that they don't want to get out of a shitty position. Like fucking start circling the back, do something. Like, <laughs> try to get this fight over with. He was content with just hanging out there. I mean, yeah. he was just flaying with you know with his hips down and just chest wrapped him and everything. And Taylor couldn't escape. He was so tired. But Taylor, man, arm drag, push by, something like that. I mean, something. But there was yeah. that he was just too tired. He blew his wad in that first round trying to rip his neck off. Yep. You know, and I think in one of those very first exchanges, he got heavy on that arm that that guillotine. And he just couldn't get it done. And I think after that, he just wasn't the same fighter. Yeah, true. But the fight that you were so pumped up for the most uh, up until the Borgs fight fell off the card. Yeah. 
was uh, Jornel Lugo and Keith Lee. And yes, very well-deserving, man. Great fight. Great fight. Jornel Lugo is a talented young fighter. Keith Lee is a talented young fighter. Athletic, but there's just the difference in... Jornel Lugo is... It's very rare to see a young fighter that understands the concept of fighting because everyone thinks fighting is, you know, the punching and kicking and all oh, you just got to be mean and tough. And it's like, you know, Andre Ward had it best being a good fighter is being able to hit people without being hit. It's not yeah. about being tough. It's about being skilled. Jornel Lugo, 135 pounds. He is skilled. The guy understands distance control. He understands what to attack. He attacks the, the leg at the right time. When a guy is stepping, does all these little things that you look at and you go beautiful nicely done well timed all those kind of attacks and that breaks down your opponent and keith lee was coming after him and he was accepting a lot of sh big heavy shots he got just you know beat up with a couple of you know stiff jabs that were just rocking his head back mm -hmm. he kept trying to come out with big shots to kind of counter it and he just ate more he ended up on the ground and the choke at the end, you know, I give it up for Keith Lee. Man, he never quit. He kept going, and he went out. So, right at that buzzer. Yeah. I have a question. That's one thing I have a question about is that. Yeah. So, yeah. when you get you get dropped in a fight, right, and you, mm -hmm. your body, you're basically knocked out, and then you hit the ground, and you wake up, and you go back to, what's the difference between that and then losing consciousness for a second, and when the bell rang, he let go of the choke, he jumped up and tried to run to his corner. Okay, think about it. What happened when he let go of the choke? What was the condition of Keith Lee? He woke up as soon as Jordan Lugo tried to get out from well, underneath him. He woke up. When he let go of the choke, what was the condition of Keith Lee? He was out. And then a second later, he pops up mm -hmm. and it's getting up, right? You can see he goes, he's, boop, and his head comes up. He's yeah. out. And that's all it takes. You have been submitted. Okay, the difference being if you punch somebody and many times someone gets punched and there's going to be distance there because obviously the referee is not going to be right as close in an open area of guys throwing punches than he is going to be when there's a choke in place and it could possibly end the fight. The referee is real close. So when you get that punch and a guy does, he gets kind of, you know, he gets lit up and he's kind of stiff going down and, you know, well, Kelvin Gastelum tonight, same thing happened to him. He, if you look when he first got hit, he was oh, yeah. frozen there, and he, when his butt hit the ground, he's up and he's he wakes up and he's coming up and he starts fighting, and you're not going to stop it because that's a different aspect of the fight game where we look and say, yes, we saw that he actually went out, but it's not out in the same fashion. He wasn't submitted. He was hit with a punch that temporarily scrambled him and he's frozen, but it's you're being frozen. You're not put unconscious. It's a different aspect of it. And if we if we were going to stop fights off of that, people would go crazy because of the fact that you know people would be fucking hitting the ground, and we're going, no, it's over, and they're they're standing up saying, I'm fine. Same with the choke. Yeah, they're fine, but they were put out, and if it was held on at all, they just would have been out longer. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm not arguing with it. the point. I mean, no, no, I, I understand what you're saying. You're yeah, just saying, well, why is one one way? Yeah, why yeah. is one one way and the other one not? Like, I'm like, because he actually got up and he started walking back to his corner. He stumbled a little bit, 
Yeah. So like because... he got back to his corner and he had a. I I would have liked to have seen a minute to recover. You no. know, I mean? like, but I mean, no. I get what you're saying. I get what can't you're do saying. it because now now you're now you're saying Jornell, yeah, you beat him once, then go beat him twice. We, we, and we've had these situations happen in fights. We've had. <laughs> I've seen fighters choked unconscious. They are unconscious as the bell rings. They're out, and within two seconds, they're coming back and they're they're starting to scramble up. And the referee is like, "Oh," and lets it go. And then that person comes back and he wins the fight. You can't have that. Yeah. Once you go out from a submission being a choke, you go out at all that they see it. It's called the fight is over. That's Bobby Wambacher was the uh, referee for that fight. He did it exactly the way he should have done it. It was a good he job. He fucked it up. He fucked nope. it up. Yeah. Did a great job. <laughs> way to go, Bobby. Outstanding to see uh, someone do it right. I. You can contest to this. I you can you, you basically you know I have walked past. I'm like, oh, so these are all you guys. All you guys are the refs working the show. The judges. And I always tell them, you guys don't fuck it up. <laughs> and so it's just, <laughs> yeah. I walk through, guys. Hey, don't fuck it up. This is yeah, your moment. Don't fuck you fuck it up. We won't be having. We won't be having you back. <laughs> no, I love it. Man. I love to fuck with them. And a lot of them, we've like I, you know, all of them. But I'm saying, like a lot of them, I've gotten to know a lot better now because we do our show together as well as yep. you know with all the work we do with Bellator. So. We've kind of been seeing the same group for the last year and a half. Well, you're yeah, very funny. popular with all of them. Yeah, I know I am. Yeah, you <laughs> know, know why? Am, you know but... why you're popular? Why is that? Because you're the only guy that tries to give me trouble. Oh, they <laughs> like, love it. They just love, they love it, man. It. <laughs> they think it's great. They love so. it. Yeah, yeah I know. They they fucking love that I fucking bust your balls in front of everyone too. I don't give two <laughs> shits if you're fucking eighty years old. I don't, I don't give, give a, a shit about what yeah. you think you're doing. I'll just come right back. I was just la- I was laughing because like you know one time we were all waiting for John and I'm like fuck I felt like I had to go find him in the fucking arena because he wandered off like a fucking homeless person with dementia. I was like fucking he's he was gone. We're the only ones in the damn arena and they're serving lunch and he didn't realize that everybody in the arena went to go have lunch but he was still in the arena by himself doing God knows what. Oh, you're lying now. While we See, now while you're we lying. all ate while we all went okay, to go so eat. Was I by myself? I don't know. I don't know who you were with. But. Now, okay, okay. You uh, go ahead and bend the story, even though you know the uh, truth. Who, you go who, ahead and bend who are you story. with? Who, who are you with? Are you with Moro? Were you, were you yeah. guys rehearsing your lines? I, I had to help Moro. Doing doing his own. Moro Moro had to help you. He's always carrying. Oh, is that you. what it is? Okay, thank you. <laughs> Moro's <Appreciate> always <laughs> carrying you. Moro's you know what's funny about well, this? No, Moro carries everyone. Let's be honest. You know what's funny about this, right? Moro's going to listen to this. I want Moro to understand. Moro, you've always been carrying John. Oh, and me as well, but. Moral, you've always been carrying. <laughs> I, I, I just want to, because I know when I see him next time, he's like, hey, man, thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. He's so great. He's fucking he hilarious, awesome. man. Oh, man. Um, he's a savant. <laughs> um, okay, so Marcelo Gohm versus Billy Swanson. I yeah. mean, look, Billy took it on three days' notice. Marcelo having to go through four different or three different opponent changes for the week of. That's a that's Makes a lot to deal with, man, on your it mental, is. you know. But he handled it well. well he he did. came out and did exactly what he was supposed to do. Billy Swanson's a guy that wanted to get the fights around. He never even let him get close to doing that. And yeah. on the feet just was better and beat him down. And, and like, really what ended up getting Billy was he was he got tired. Yeah. You know, and, and what you, you would hope that a guy that's a fighter, he's always in shape. Heavyweights, that ain't happening. Let's no. just be honest. Okay, and so you know, he Even came here and fought hard. Shape, you still get tired. Oh yeah, 
he fought hard. I, I, I give it up for Billy Swanson. You know what? The big sexy, I kind of, I love the nickname. <laughs> love big but, sexy. But uh, a guy that can rock a mullet and fight and uh, be big sexy. I thought, you know, he came and did the best he could. It just was too much for him and uh, too short a notice. But Marcelo Gomp, I mean, he's, he's, this was the third time he was scheduled to fight that they were going to have to pull his fights because his opponents kept falling out. So at least Billy Swanson stepped up and took it. And, you know, like I said, Marcelo did what he was supposed to do. So let's see him in the next fight when they put him up with a little bit higher ranked opponent. Yeah, I thought Billy was going to get a takedown, at least one. I thought for sure yeah. he'd get one, but, but then he tried. Happen. Like you said, after about three minutes, he was exhausted, and he just yeah. there was nothing left in the tank. Yeah, and then, but I mean, overall, not bad though. I expected. I honestly, I mean, had he survived another couple minutes or a couple, I mean, a couple seconds, you know, he would have got back after that break. He would he could have had a better chance, another better chance, with like the first minute of the second round. But then it would now he was exhausted. It would have been done. He was exhausted. Well. He was so tired. Josh Thompson, it is time to talk about one of my favorite products that we have as a sponsor. I love Fume. Fume, F-U-M, is one of the best products you can use, especially if you are a smoker. It is the basis of essential oils. It is a beautiful inhaler made out of wood. I'm a woodworker myself, so I really appreciate the quality that they did it with. You use these cores that are just doused with essential oils, even though they're not messy. You stick them in that inhaler, and you can take and use that to give yourself a clear sinus cavity, fill up your lungs, feel good. It's like a menthol. There's peppermint. There's bubbly lime. There's all these different flavors for you to use. It is an outstanding product that I use every day. I think you people will like it too. Yeah, I use it because I have nasal issues based off of Fighting for years, I've got cauliflower in one oh, nostril, that's and from I've having had a deviated your nose up in the air with everything, man. You're always. I've had a deviated septum on the other side, but the one thing that I will say is this: is I've actually lent it out a couple times to some family that have had COVID and they lost their taste, and they said after about two days of using it, they've gotten their taste or feel like they've gotten some of their taste back. So like with coffee, wow. they couldn't taste coffee. And then after using it for two days, they said, look, I can start to taste the creamer a little bit and the sugar, whereas before I couldn't taste the sugar. Now, look, this has been months of them not having their taste. So now this them just using this for two days, it was one thing they said that they did notice a difference. For me, I use it before bed because of my nasal cavity and my deviated septum and my cauliflower. And it also helps clear me out. Most of you guys that listen to our show understand I have a little bit of a nasal talk when I talk. And that's why John gets on me so much. And you guys just laugh about me in the comment section. But it's true. So from all the years of fighting, I use it and it actually clears me out. Makes me feel better about the, the lack of coughing uh, during the show. So if you guys pick them up, go to Fume. And I'll tell you right now, they are amazing. I love them. They're they're safe. There's no smoke in the in the car or in the house or anything around, so you don't have to worry about that as well. Well, you want to go to www.breathefume. Now, breathe. Make sure when you say breathe fume, fume does not have an E on the end. It is just F-U-M. Use breathefume.com and then go to weighing in as your promotional code to get 10% off on your fume inhaler. All of the cores, it is a great product. We hope that you try it and like it like we do. For young fighters, and I've gone through this as well, but Logan Storley, 
um, fighting in front of in his home state. Felt the pressure. Kind of almost in his hometown. I think for the first time in his career, he felt an adrenaline dump. Yep. The crowd was fucking electric for him. They were all standing on their feet when he walked out. Yep. It was crazy. I mean, it was, it was, and then the one thing too is when I was watching a lot of, when I was watching his last fight there against AJ Matthews, um, when I was watching it and listening to it, I, I thought they were booing every time he got takedowns. But then in the arena, I realized what they were doing. Everyone stands up every time Logan gets a takedown and they go, two, two. <laughs> they start yelling, two. Yep. I mean, they're, they're obviously all big fans of Logan. And every time a takedown came, they were yelling, two. Too. And I was like, it was, it was really awesome. But he, he faced an adrenaline dump this time. Not, it really, it really hit him hard. I think um, once he realized that Skiro was not as easy to take down as he thought, and that tall, long, lanky body style like poses threats. I think with Skiro though as well, he needed to use what I said. What Jenna Fabian needed to use that push kick up the middle, the long jab, the. Put the one, two, the right, throw the right hand, then the jab right after. Don't aim for the head, aim for the neck or the chest. Those little tiny things will make a big difference on whether you get taken down or not. Um, but I mean, even still, Logan had to work for every single takedown, especially in that first round. He was getting, he was just working and working, even then trying to get past guard. That you have was someone, the big Logan, difference Logan, maker there. Yeah, and Logan's not a tall guy. So when you have, when you are facing someone who's tall and lanky, like what they can do is they can get you like in that Eddie Bravo lockdown and you're stuck kind of, you're pretty much stuck. You can't really do a whole lot of ground and pound because your body is not high enough up to really develop the leverage. No, you're elongated out and you're fucking yeah. being held down. Yep. Yep. And that, that potentially when you start trying to open up from that position, you could potentially be um, swept from there. And then he also had a really good uh, butterfly slash hook sweep kind of position that he was using really well. He used he, a beautiful butterfly guard. Yeah, he was way better than I think you and I both gave him credit for. I was like, yeah, he's not bad. Like, I'm like I saw his stuff, yeah. but I didn't think. Lo I thought Logan would take him down, and and I said he's gonna do what he did to AJ Matthews with the nasty ground and pound. But I was like, wow, he, it, Logan couldn't even posture up; otherwise, he would have got back to his feet. He was he was in phenomenal shape. Yep. He was making Logan work at every turn. Everything Logan was trying to do, he was making him work. I think that was a good fight for Logan to come back off of because I, I didn't have it a split decision. First, I want to make no. sure that's clear. It wasn't a split decision. No. Um, I had a 30-27 for Logan. No. So I, you didn't or no? No. I, I had Dante yeah, winning the last round. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that as well. Okay, I could, I could give you that. Yeah. Especially the way he finished it with those hard elbows against the fence. And, yep. You know, I, I, could, I could say that. I could see that. Um. Yeah, definitely. I could see that. So I yeah, tw let's just agree. 20, 29, 28. Yeah. I'll, I'll lean towards John's judging for once. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, overall, I thought, uh, you know, it was a good fight for him to come back on because it made him work really hard. It made him understand that like, hey, it doesn't matter who you're fighting. You can't take it for granted. You know, you've got to go out there and get it done. And I, I don't I don't want to say he overlooked him, but I didn't think he expected his wrestling to be that good. And then when he got cut, I think at the end of the or the beginning of the second, second round. Yeah, when he got cut in the second, that kind of changed a little bit for him too. That, that I think that kind of worried him a little bit. So there was, a lot, I think, a lot going on. You're at your home state, your home crowd. You get a cut in the second. The guy's a lot harder to take down than you thought, you know. And he's tall, long, and lanky. He's hard to deal with on the ground. It's not, I can't pass guard. It's frustrating. You're like, shit. I'm over here trying to put on a show. I thought Logan was going to start crying. 
at the end there. He seemed very emotional. Like the well, he was. Crappy, you know, he was. He was frustrated with talking. himself. But you got you got to look at it this way. He came out when when you say he had a hard. T- he didn't have a hard time taking him down at the beginning of the fight. He no. took him right down. Okay, think about it. He took him right down. But it was that butterfly guard of Dante Skiro that gave him problems because he had to work hard. And it was you could tell that Logan was amped by the crowd. And he wanted to impress the crowd. He wanted to make them happy. He wanted to perform in front of them. So he put a lot of energy out in that first round, trying to get past the guard of Dante Skiro. And he did multiple times. He got to that to his. He got to half guard. He got to side control multiple times. And Dante was. He even dipped his arm inside to slip himself past him to get him back into the butterfly guard. And Dante did a great job with that. And he was not burning the energy that Logan, Logan was burning a ton of energy trying to get rid of him in that. And that was the difference. And, you know, coming back from, you know, having some time off because, you know, he had injured his knee in the Amazon fight and being in front of his home crowd. These are the kind of fights you need though. You know, these are the ones you learn off of and you didn't, you you got the win and there's a lot of lessons for you to learn off of it. And he's going to come back an even better fighter. He's good. You know, obviously there's always something to learn, but I think the real thing is, I think the Bellator got someone in Dante Scarrow because he's freaking good. You know, his wrestling is actually, you know, good. You know, obviously he got taken down a lot from Storley, but that's was kind of expected. But his, his actual jujitsu game is Mm -hmm. damn good. You know, I watched him in the top position when he fought Kenny uh, Robertson in his last fight, you know, and he really did a great job with top position. But Kenny had him in trouble, a lot more trouble than Logan did in that fight, and he fought his way out of it. So I said, you know, he, he's a tough dude, and you know, he's he's got he's got a good top game. But I wasn't able to see the ground game that he was able to implement against Logan, and he's impressive. Yeah, we like when I said when I said that it looked like he was going to cry after the the interview. I want to make sure you guys understand, fighting is a very emotional sport. It's there's a lot of adrenaline that goes along with it. There's a lot of ups and downs, and especially when your family and friends are all there and everyone's watching you, and you know that the crowd basically is everyone in that damn arena was there for him, you know. And so when you know that, there's a lot more added pressure. And so I think it was good for him to get it out of the way. And I didn't mean that in a disrespectful way, but there's a lot of emotions that go on. And when you hear, when you hear the damn announcer go a split decision, your your life flashes before your eyes. You're like, what the. F- you know, what the hell is going on? You know, and uh, I thought he won the fight convincingly, but one of the judges didn't have it that way. And so yep. for him, it was, it's an emotional feeling, man. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things going through your mind, especially when you're, like I said, in your home crowd with family and friends all there specifically to watch you fight. So, um, but I like you, another thing that you said, and I've said this all the time, I say this all the time, when you can go in there and not have one of your best nights and still walk out of there with a W, that's all that matters. It it's is. all that matters. Like it, it's, it's no one. big deal. Yeah, it's you have not every nights. night is the night that you actually feel good. Nope, nope. It's so funny. You can feel like oh, this is the easiest weight cut I've ever had. I felt great all week. Like I was recovering. Like food didn't take great. Was great preparation was great. I woke up this morning feeling pumped. You know, and then like all of a sudden I took a nap in the middle of the day at like for like 30, 40 minutes. Woke up and just felt done. It's happened like that. It's happened that way. Yeah. You know, and so there's just, it really just depends on the day. But, but for him, I think it was a good, sorry. That's okay. You have a But either yeah, am I, I, I and I'm think, not yawning. 
I think it's a good, I think it was a good thing that he was able to walk away with a victory, be tested and, and do it in front of his home crowd. Cause his home crowd is going to forgive him the most and be like, Hey, oh, yeah. we, yep. we love you, man. They, he was walking out of the arena. They're yelling two, two. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> so don't get down on yourself. Logan, man, just back to the drawing board, you know, just clean up a couple things and you'll be back, brother. He's All right, let's stuff. go to the main event. Check Congo against Sergey Karatanov. All right, you guys want my honest opinion of this fight? Let's hear it. My honest opinion is this. I didn't think it was going to be this good. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> think this fight was going to be this good. I'm just being honest. Because I, I, I was actually kind of like, I thought that the Adam Borg, Shannon J.J. Wilson fight should have been the main event. It was supposed to be a title eliminator and this and that. So I thought for sure it was going to be that, that that should have been the main event. So when they put this fight, I'm like... All right, I get it. Heavyweights you always get more clout than little guys. I understand, but man, I know they for two it. older for two older fighters, you know, I mean, and that you know, we know they're we know they're kind of past their prime. And but the thing is though, is they fucking brought it, man. They yep. brought it. Like, I'm not mad at that fight. It had a lot of it had a little bit of everything. At the end of the first, Sergey throws a kick, and it the t- the toenail like hits a a Congo. And Congo yep. turns his back. Had there been ten more, fifteen more seconds in that round, I think he would have got him out of there. I think, Might I have. think, I, I think Karatanov would have beat Check and got him out of there. They go back to the round. Round ends. They go back. They come back in for round two, and they're getting after each other. And they're having some good exchange at the beginning of the second round. But then midway through, Karatanov starts taking over. Oh yeah. Then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, bop bop. Ends that. Ends that shot. Lands the big right hand, then follows you up with see the big all, knees. All of a sudden, gets a stanky leg, man, and it's like, oh, he's hurt. Yeah, and then, but I thought also in the first round, and then again in the second round, it's the knees. Check. You, I don't know. Whatever you do, stop, stop getting away from your knees, man. If you're gonna use one weapon for your whole career, for the rest of your career. Use your damn knees. Deadly. I swear, they were so deadly and so powerful. It was amazing to watch. I mean, I was watching. He was folding Karatanov over every time he landed him. I was like, ugh. It just, I was getting sick to my stomach thinking, oh, he God, got it. He, he landed one to the body, and you could see Karatanov get that look in his face like, oh. And it was like, his, oh. His kneecap was tickling his fucking spine. It was nasty. <laughs> I was like, God. So, like, you could just see him fold over. You see Karatanov take a step back, and then Czech would kind of hang out there. No, man, get after it. But he was exhausted as well. I mean, but overall, oh. it, was a, it was a great fight. It was a fun fight, I should say. It was a fun fight. They had they, There was good technique involved. The output wasn't as much because, they, you know, they are older. But, I mean, ultimately, like, look, I've seen both these guys in really, really boring fights. But then again, this fight, and I've seen them in great fights. I've seen them in yep. knockdown, dragout fights. You know, I'm, yep. so they're... Both of them have fought the who's who in the heavyweight divisions. Um, but this fight, to me, honestly, I was really surprised. I was, was very fun. thankful that it was a great fight. Yeah. You know, after talking to Karatanov's people, you know, he he broke his left hand in the fight. <sighs> Makes sense. And he went into the fight with a broken right hand. <laughs> so that's when he, was, when he was down there and he's got two broken hands. And he's getting choked. He says, I'm out. And he, I'm done. You know, I was like, and if he didn't do that, I'm not sure the check would have been able to get himself up to get to the third round because he gave everything yeah. he had. He gave it all, man. He, he was 
everything that he could do to get Karatanov out of there. He put it out and got it right at the end of the round, 459. And you look and you go, can't ask for anything more from somebody. Yeah, I mean. And Czech, Czech is always mad at me, and he's always mad at you, and he's always mad at everybody. But you got to give it up when the guy puts it all out there, did a great job, and uh, got a big win. That was a big win for him. Well-deserved. Well, as Czech would say to us, fuck you, John. Fuck you, fuck Josh. You, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like it. He got mad at us one time because we said some things on our show about him, and he got pissed off. I don't know. Look, but I'm giving you love right now, man. You did. You had. You fought a good fight. You were gritty, toughed it out. You know, like I said, you you finished that first round. He finished that first round a little scary. So I was yeah. thinking, man. Oh, sir, his sir, corner you know, here and set the price. You got to figure his cornerman is one is Tiki Tiki Goshen, who's his manager yep. and his trainer, along with Paul Herrera. Tiki cool. was all over him, saying, "Man, you got to go out there and you got to fight this guy. You got to stop backing up. You got to start throwing that." You start throwing that jab. You gotta, you gotta make him back. You know, get on his back heels. And he was be, he was right in everything he's saying. I'm like, yep, that's what you gotta do. But can you do it? And he went out there and tried. He started throwing the jab, started landing, started changing the course of the fight a little bit. So, but it was really overall, that was a fun fight. That's and that's all I that's all I ever want. I, yeah, they don't have to mean a lot, but they have to be fun. Yeah, so. yeah. I want to see two guys go out there and lay it out, lay it on the line. That's all I care yeah. about. I, that's it. Like. You give it everything you have, you'll never hear me say anything bad ever because you can't ask anything more from you. Yeah. All right, everyone. Go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code WayneIn, and you can make bets on every sport there is. Basketball, tennis, soccer, golf, and even during the election time, they had bets on that. They've got different types of bets for all different sports and included one of our favorite sports that we love to talk about, MMA and also boxing. So make sure you go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Wayne in. The best part about betting on the sports is then you become more involved. You feel like you're part of it. You don't have to bet a lot. Five bucks, big deal. But use that promo code. You see that nice little barcode? That one right there? Use that. Use your phone. Hit it. Put in that promo code weighing in. You will get a bonus extra cash for your account. You can use that to make millions. Okay, maybe not millions, but you could use it to make a couple dollars. Have fun with it. Don't bet too much, but always win. All right. Well, hey, let's get into the UFC. So let's David, do it. scroll down a little bit. Where do you want to start? Where do you want yeah. to start in this? All the way down. All the way down. Oh, okay. Way. Well, I want to say, I know, I know. I want to start at the all the way down because who very who impressed me who was very impressive was one of uh Sadawad's uh teammates. Uh Rahima Rahim Rahima the the J is like an I at the end. So Ramiz Ramiz Brahima, I think. Brahima, yeah, Brahima, I think is Brahimai? Okay. Yeah, I think it is. They were saying it like Brahimai. that on the on the yeah. He got the fight to the ground dude he looked good he looked fucking good i was like oh shit so i just wanted to make sure i gave him a little bit of a shout out man he He buzzed sasha yeah who we've seen as a tough dude because we've seen him in other fights yeah buzz sawed him and a great performance yep there was that performance that i thought i thought his performance was really good and I thought uh, Nunez's performance was really good. Oh, against, come on. Uh, what about Malachi? Ignacio Bahamondes against Roosevelt? 
Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, the that, that was my bad. Knockout right at the yep. end. Oh my god. Yep. Beautiful. Fantastic. Beautiful. Yeah. Look, he he had, like they were saying earlier. He was setting up going to the body, like throughout the and then at the very end, he was he was he up on the cards. I'm assuming he was like he was up know. on the cards. We don't and know. Then, you would think, but yeah, he was. Then he ended up throwing that spinning kick. He came in like I don't know what the, the scoring was going to be. But um, but he wasn't content with just waiting out for the last five seconds. Love that throwing, beautiful, beautiful job, yep. great work. Um, yeah, just absolutely. Like, that's what you want to see from young fighters. That's the type of stuff you want to see. Like, hey, you're always trying to finish the fight, and it's funny because throwing a wheel kick at that time with five seconds left in the round, yeah. it was beautiful. Great timing, everything. It was awesome, and and homeboy went out. Roosevelt was out oh, cold. Yeah, he was out. But um. But it's funny because there's there's been some fighters that we have had where I've talked to or we've we've done podcasts on or we've done fighter meetings with and you know and I and I tell them like hey you were dominating the fight but it's not good enough sometimes just to dominate the fight you got to get them out of there because there's chances that you're that, that means that you're you're keeping them in the fight and there's a chance that they could potentially do something like that to steal the fight and they're and now like you're oh, pissed but if off I'm on Stotts again. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, nah. I gave Rafion some love uh, after his last fight, great. so um, he's got to uh, get off my ass. <laughs> William Knight, William Knight looked uh, very explosive. Uh, it was the it was not a left hook. They called it a left hook. It was a left hand that just flung up, yeah. but obviously it touched uh, Fabio Chiron in the right spot on his chin, chin and just put him down and hit him a couple times. That was it, but that was a you know nice win by William Knight and a beautiful backflip, a beautiful backflip <laughs> for a big dude well, doing a backflip like that. Very nice. Was well, it as good? Nine point eight. Was it as good as Stevenson's? Was it as good as Gable Stevenson's? <sighs> no, because Stevenson's was off of a gold medal. A <laughs> gold medal, just that. And, and there was be. more distance. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really good. Um, Nunez over Malecki. Oh, I love that fight. I'm sorry. Jeez. Josiana such- Nunez came in and she was she looked like Joe Frazier going in there, man. She was shorter, she had less reach, and she just buzzsawed Malecki. Here you're looking at someone that supposedly comes from a stand-up background. Do you not understand what circling out is? I I know it's been taught to you. She went straight back. Every time. And hands you know, down. You look, oh, hands, she went straight back and hands down. Man. I'm like, I know you've been talking. What are you doing? And this is what happens when you go straight back. Someone keeps coming forward. They can go forward faster than you can go back. And the faster you're going back, the higher your chin's going. And then as she was finally kind of exiting out, but she was kind of turning away from her, she got buzzsaw. That shot hit her, put her out. That was a beautiful shot. Yeah. Nunez didn't give a shit about how big and how tall nope. was. <laughs> or what her she style was or how dangerous nope. she supposedly was on her feet. She said, well, let's find out. She did. No, she fucking threw some heat. Everything she, she had, she was throwing had heat behind it. And I thought, nope. I thought that was a great performance by her. So yep. nice stuff. Um, You know, the Pantoja fight and Rival fight was a good fight. Um, Rival was able to escape a couple times out of some submissions. It looked like it looked like Pantoja was starting to get tired. 
towards the end of the first because Pantoja put in a lot of energy energy early in the fight. Got yep. the back, got the hooks, had the like oh, it was just transition after transition, but he wasn't able to get any finishes. They had scrambles, all the scrambles that they had. And that's what's great about fighting Roy Vall, because when you have when you have him on in the in the fight. He's a scrapper, man. He just goes and goes and goes. Oh yeah, and man. He got he gave up that back position and wasn't able to get out, and it was just. But he makes big mistakes. He does. Yeah. I mean, big mistakes. It's like you know, pressure is great, and being there and being guy that's you know keeping that pressure and pace up is great. But you cannot make these mistakes because you're giving your opponent an opportunity to take advantage of positions. You're overextending. You're putting yourself in a bad spot. He's just got to slow things down a little bit and be a little bit more into being technically correct and accurate with what he's doing than just volume. The volume got to him, and that's how, I think that's how Pantoja got him. That's how he got his back and was able to you know choke him. So yeah, it was. Uh, he's good. He's fun to watch. Who Pantoja uh, or Royval? Royval. Yeah, he is. He's, <laughs> he's, he's fun yeah. to watch. Yeah, because you don't know what he's going to do. He's also going to no. give up. He's going to give up his technique. He's going to give up that and give up a good position to put himself in a shitty position. That's what makes him fun to watch. <laughs> like, it's not the smartest. Sometimes you think, what are you doing? Yeah. What? No, no, I know. Yeah, he's, he is fun to watch, though. Um, Pichel, It'll be interesting with Pantoja because Pantoja has fought, you know, uh, the champion. Moreno. Brandon Moreno twice. Beat him twice. Be, I, you know, the first one was he beat him in the uh, the Ultimate Fighter when they did the 125s. Mm-hmm. That was the first matchup. Pantojo, I think, was the number one seed, and I think yeah. Brandon Moreno was the 16th seed. And so they put put them together, and Pantojo won it, and then they won he won again later on. So he's he's close right now to getting that championship fight. So that'd be interesting. Well, Dana came out and said that this was the to see he was going to fight him. There you go. So the winner of this got that fight is what it sounds like. That's what I think Dana it might said. be different so, the third time. Yeah, yeah. Moreno's on he's on cloud nine right now. So hopefully he didn't <laughs> let it go to his head and he did not reading his own paper clippings, but he seems very humble. Yep. He seems very uh driven. And so we'll see. Remember remember Moreno came off some losses, like you said, off the ultimate fighter. Was the ultimate fighter or contenders? No, ultimate, ultimate fighter. fighter. Yeah, he came off some losses there, and then came back in, and you know, and didn't he go away because they had cut him or released him, and then he came back. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. He fought Sergio Pettis in the main event in uh, Mexico City, mm. and uh, he lost that, and they were they started cutting guys off the one twenty fives, and he was one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The thing is, is that division after Henry had, and DJ kind of left it. Was in sh- it was in shambles, yeah. You know, but I feel like, um, I feel like it's it's kind of rejuvenated right now. I feel like they oh. had to get a whole they had to get a whole new batch of fighters, and they did, and they have like, and they don't have many though. That's the thing. I look at it like the one fifty, the one forty five pound division for the for the females. That's what it looks like. There's like five or six of them, and that's all. But they're fucking good, and they're fun to they're watch. Good. That's yeah. the thing. You know, yeah. so I ain't mad at it, man. I ain't mad at it. But I think it was probably one of the best things that the UFC did in business decisions was they traded DJ. Henry became the champion. And, um, yeah, it was a smart move. I think it was a smart move because yeah. it, it, it gave him well fresh new blood. Yeah, it worked yeah. out well. Now you have guys that are there that you like and that, that um 
that are not as dominant. So now you're getting, you know, maybe you're not getting the best, but they're still damn Doesn't good. Matter. You're getting good matchups. You're getting very good matchups. You know? And now, you know, like I said, you know, when, you know, Brandon lost to Sergio, I think his nest, I think he had one more fight and that was against Pantoja the second time and he lost yeah. that one. And then I know he was uh, released and stuff, but you take a look at the way that whole thing is set up now. Yeah, like you said, you can you can cross mix and intertwine a lot of those guys, mm. and it's not going to be the dominant fighter that nope. DJ was in that class. Which is sometimes that's good when you get a lot of movement with the belt, people are interested. Yeah, yeah, and especially when the fight when there are fights like this, because you got to remember what um, Figueredo when he was the champ, and then Moreno beat him. Right, it was like all of a sudden yep. it shook us up because we were thinking we we're going to see another dominant guy like we have with DJ. Because he was he was so damn strong, he was so big for the weight, and they didn't work out that way. So this is what's making it more fun. So this is what sparked my interest back on this on this weight class. So, uh, what else you got, Dave? Vince Pushell against Austin Hubbard. Mm-hmm. It was a good fight in typical Vince Pushell fashion. He gave away the first round, yeah. but they actually scored it for him. So I thought he lost it. I thought Austin Hubbard actually got the first round. But um, it was the second round. Vince is just, there's something, he's super strong, and he is super yeah. tough. He's not real fast, but he's awkward as hell, but he hits from weird angles, and he lands. Mm-hmm. And he's not afraid of sticking his head in to where you can hit him so he can hit you. Um, he's just a weird-styled fighter, but I, you know, I worked with him so much, he's tough as hell. You know, yeah. And I, I'll give Austin Hubbard. I thought Austin fought a very hard fight, a tough fight, you know, and uh, gave it everything he had. It was a, it's a good win for Vince and not a bad loss for Austin. You know, he showed that, you know what, he's he's getting better uh, from when he started in the UFC. Austin Hubbard's way better now at this point, even though he got a loss in this one. Yeah, I think they need to keep keep that kid. Yeah, but Shell's tough. You could see the grittiness. He's just pushing the pace, trying to get after him, grinding him down, and just being a dirty, grimy fighter. Not a dirty fighter in sense of like you know cheating, but just like no. just being just dirt, just get after, yep. get after it. So yep. it was a good, it was a good little scrap back and forth. Uh, like you said, I, I think I had Austin also winning the first round. I was close though, but I think I also had him in the first round. Um, the Trevin Jones and I'm not gonna even try to say this guy's name. Kakram. Hey, dude, that dude was great. Uh, I'm not going to say his name. SK was fantastic. He came to fight. He fucking almost had him with the fucking guillotine in the first round. Yeah. And then goes all the way in with a locks in the guillotine at the the third round right near the end and gets it, puts him unconscious. Mm -hmm. That was a great, great fight for him. You know, I think he was called last minute. You know, he was like a one week. Because Trevin was supposed to be fighting, you know, somebody else in that, so that was not a fight that uh, he was expecting. So he's taking on someone he really did not expect. But Sadiub, or whatever, yeah. however you say his name, Karamanov. Yeah, I wonder where he's from. Where where he's from? They said. Where do you say he's from? I want to say he was in because um, they said he went back there. Where did he go? It says Chicago, Illinois. Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look, first off, this: if I'm supposed to fight someone, and I trade my, I did my training camp for it, and you call me with someone with a name like that, I ain't fucking taking that fight. 
There's no fucking yeah, way I'm taking that fucker's on. fight. It doesn't matter. Just look at the name. The name is he's fucking probably got good wrestling. He's probably strong as fuck. He can wrestle. He wrestle. He's strong as fuck. And he's probably got great cardio because he's probably been living in the woods. Living, in the, living in the mountains. Up in the mountains. In the mountains somewhere. Good. Yeah. Hard pass, man. Don't call me for that shit. Okay. <laughs> like, just, I'll just <laughs> wait for my original opponent to get well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the uh Parker Porter, he's fucking he's pretty dark. He's for a big, big guy. He has pretty good cardio. He's pushing the pace, throwing heavy heat. And Chase Sherman just had no answer after the first round. Chase is I mean, too the, stiff. Just too stiff. So straight upright. Oh, so Parker completely. Parker Porter was was pretty good, man. I mean, he was changing the angles, cutting off the cage. You know, he's throwing heavy heat, he was trying to mix it up with the wrestling. Worked really hard for takedowns he never got. But um yeah. but I mean he you know, he was trying to make an effort to get in there, but it made it kept uh, Sherman thinking about the takedown at least, and that opened up the hands. I, I thought I thought I was very impressed for being set. Uh, what's it called? Porter's a big, big guy, man. Big he got leg, one takedown. Yeah, he had. We got one takedown. And I saw. I was like, "Fuck, man!" Like I was looking at his ass. I'm like, "Good heavens, your thighs!" You were looking like at his ass. <laughs> your no thighs are the, the size of the me. camera was facing right at his fucking ass. And he was like, <laughs> I felt like I was at a fucking meat packing plant." So it's like just boom, <laughs> it was just there. But I was looking more at the size of his thighs, and huh? his thigh, his thigh was probably the size of my body. Yep. John, I'm not kidding you. It was probably like oh, the thickness of my body. So crazy. But I mean, Chase didn't have didn't have any answers after he started slowing down and getting tired. He was too stiff. No movement left and right. Just stood upright. Was getting hit quite a bit. Yeah. I, I I'll give it to Chase Sherman. He's tough, man. He takes got a lot chin. of shots, but he takes too many shots. I'm really worried about, you know, start moving your head. Come on, man. You're just getting hit too yeah. much. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had cut him before. I'm just looking as I just don't see them holding on to Chase, Chase much longer. No. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's never going to be that guy that's able to uh, push uh, things the way they want. You know, that's his second loss in a row. He lost to Andre in his last fight. So Yeah. That's... Yep. 31 years old. I mean, that's kind of that marker where they're like, if we haven't, if we haven't made you like, you're not in the top three or four by now, might as well just yep. cut you loose now. Yep. Um, Marco Madsen versus Clay Guida. I mean, good fight. Clay's starting to slow down a little bit, but he still has great cardio. A lot of bouncing around, not as, enough out, not as much output when it comes to the striking. When he throws straight, he lands. He jumps in, yeah. jumps out, does a great job. Yep. But I noticed that he started. He started. Uh, he started getting tired, or he started slowing down. He started going like inside leg kick and same arm punch, and it was missing. Yeah. And he'd throw like a kick, and then he'd like come back to his position and he'd throw his big overhand right. When you miss that much, it's it's painful, man. Like you start yeah. slowing down, and he yep. is getting a little bit older. But Marco Matson's also what thirty six, but he. I mean, he he looks like he throws everything with power. Everything he throws, he throws oh. hard. Yeah, his knees on clay. I was like, oh god, no! Like, hit him. He, I, I don't want to be hit with that. His most effective tool throughout the fight was the knees. When he would yeah. finally grab hold and, and look at you're talking about a silver medalist in Greco-Roman wrestling. So when you talk about getting under hooks and being able to clinch up, it's a different level with uh, the way that he clinched up and, and clay did a great job you know and, and this is where 
look at if these guys wrestled if clay guido wrestled marco madsen in a wrestling you know <laughs> meet it would i mean it would be a tech really fast okay couldn't but it is the mma and what clay was doing was really smart in his movement he kept mark really trying to work to get the takedown never got one throughout the entire fight made him fight where he is usually uncomfortable on his feet it's just that those big knees i think is what really swayed the judges towards mark because they they definitely landed and you talk about tickling someone's spine yeah a couple a couple of those were clay clay is a tough dude because a couple of those landed and landed with a lot of steam and they had to hurt yeah Oof. but i mean uh overall man clay still clay still doing it, it was a split decision i, mean, I had it 29 i had it 29 28 for marco Madsen. that's how i had it yeah i didn't have it a split but i mean but clay's still doing his thing man tip my hat to him man um okay main Almost event 40 years old yeah yeah Jared Cannonier oh. versus Kelvin Gastelum. Well, you know, you we <laughs> going going into this, you know, like I said, I, I love Kelvin. Uh, he, he's my my Roberto Duran of MMA. But you know, even before the fight started, you know, we texted and I said, yeah, I got I got Cannonier winning this. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just that you know, I do I do believe that you know you leave bits and pieces of yourself inside the cage with some of these wars and kelvin has had some wars now he's had some fights where he's just he's been the hammer and his opponent has been the nail you know like the bisping fight you know michael hardly touched him in that um he's had those kind of fights too you know the vitor belfort fight you know he beat up vitor but that that fight that he had with israel mm-hmm. uh he left certain parts of himself in that cage that he's never got. He's never going to get back. And I just look at Jared really hasn't had uh, a lot of damage put on him. He's fast. He's strong now. He's he's a lot he's a lot older, but he hasn't had the the damage or wear that Kelvin has. And I just thought being that he's he's fast. He's got good stand up. He's got good wrestling as far as defensive wrestling, and he kicks hard. I just look, I said, you know, I think it's going to be too much for Kelvin in the end. And I think, you know, Kelvin fought a really good fight. He got dropped with that one shot, bounced up like that didn't hurt yeah. me. And you can see he was actually out for a second. Hits yep. the ground, wakes up, he's fighting and throwing combinations back. And you go, Kelvin Gastelum is just a savage. He is a stone savage. There's something special about the guy, but. He just didn't have enough to beat Jared on this night. Yeah, close. Though. Yeah, it was the, It looked like the power, just the strength, also was a factor. Um, yeah. The speed, obviously. I, for me, I felt like the speed in certain ex- exchanges belonged to Cannoneer, and some of it belonged to uh, Kelvin at times. Yeah, at times. So I thought it was. I thought it was a very well evenly matched fight. Just was Kelvin needed to get the takedowns a little bit more, and he wasn't able to do that. Yeah. So I thought Jared did a great job of getting wrist control, hand control, turning, spinning back into him, making sure he get his double unders or his over under, you know, and start defending from there or make space and get away. He did a great job. He fought a very smart fight yep. um, for thirty for thirty seven years old man. He's fucking aging like fine wine. That guy's yeah. he's got he's he's like he's getting better and better every fight, which is hard, tough to do at thirty seven. Man, I was like, all right, get me out of this shit. 
You know what I mean? You start thinking about that. He seems like he's just getting better and better, and he's his confidence getting more and more. So this is a big fight. I had I had Kelvin. I, I last week I had Kelvin winning. Then I heard he had problems on the scale. Then I was like, "Ah, oh, shit! Here we go." Yeah. You know. So I mean, but his cardio wasn't affected. I thought he, he, no. fought, he fought a good fight. He fought a good fight. He was just he wasn't as, he wasn't strong enough to get the, the takedown. And on the feet, they were about the same. Just Canadier, I think, was a little bit faster and was able to hit him with a little, a little bit more faster. power. Yep. Yeah, a little bit faster and was able to but, hit him with but, a little bit more Kelvin power. But Kelvin was able to land some good shots. Oh, yeah, he did. He really did. Yeah, he did. So. Yeah. But overall, it was an evenly matched fight. Good fight, though. And a really good again. fight. It yeah, was. I enjoyed that fight. It was it was a good... I thought it was going to be a you know a well-contested fight off the beginning, and it lived up. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Both of them put out a lot of... A lot of effort, a lot of good technique throughout it. A lot of you know, changing of what they. I really love the way that Jared Cannonier just he effortlessly moves from southpaw to orthodox, back to southpaw, and within two seconds he's back to orthodox, and he's back to southpaw. It's like you would drive me fucking crazy. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, <sighs> All right, well, hey, that wraps up our UFC talk. So let's get into some boxing real quick. We're gonna talk two fights on this boxing card tonight so you had um you uh what's it called yugis versus uh manny pacquiao i didn't your dennis your dennis huh? all i heard was yugis all night so Ugas. yeah Ugas. Ugas versus Ugas. pacquiao so that yeah. fight was on there and then obviously one of our local guys well my local guy and robert Both Guerrero, local guys he was able to get a win over ortiz who is down south he's in costa yep. mesa right He's out uh, there. Well, he's was in, he, he was a Ventura area, but he's now at Wildcard Gym. So. He's at Wildcard now, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Freddie was in his corner, I believe. Yep. So, yeah. So, that was uh, overall good fight. Um, you know, obviously, they're older. They're getting a little bit older. So, Robert Guerrero, he's from the Gilroy area here. Uh, just like I thought Robert fought up. smart, you know, because he, 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 he was the one trying to crush the space and always, you mm-hmm. know, trying to fight in a phone booth because he's not as fast. Yeah. You know? And he, that's it's it, when you train for that kind of fight it and you you're ready for it you can do that and if you're not ready for it it's it's a wearing taxing type of fight i thought ortiz responded well it was very close back and forth but i thought that uh robert guerrero was able to establish he was the one deciding where that fight was going to be fought for the most part i didn't think it was so smart that uh ortiz allowed that to happen he should have kept range more often he had more speed so use it use your footwork but it is what it is he hasn't fought in a long time and coming off of and i don't know what their whole time off between the two of them but you know i would say that you know ortiz has been gone for a good two and a half years maybe three yeah robert's been gone for a little over a year yeah so yeah yeah they both put you know 10 rounds that was not easy no it was a grueling 10 rounds yeah, it was a grueling 10 rounds. When you guys are standing toe-to-toe with each other, right, and just leaning on each other, it starts getting exhausting. Ripping the body shots, you know, hitting little short uppercuts and left hooks. It gets exhausting because they're kind of leaning and pressing on you guys, and you got to carry you got to carry your opponent's weight as well as carrying yours. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I thought I thought Robert had the – he had more of the output, but I feel like Victor's, some of Victor's shots were landing harder. He yeah. just didn't have as much output because that's not the style he normally fights. But he fought, a, you, know. you know, well, Robert fights with a lot of output always. Yes. He just throws yep. a lot of shots. But I think percentage-wise, Ortiz probably landed at a higher percentage, but didn't land as many uh, oh, as yeah. Guerrero Might did overall. 
might be true. Uh, so that fight happened, and then you got Manny Pacquiao versus Ugas. Good fight overall. I mean, Manny just he he's too small. Like Manny for that, got tired. He he got tired. He didn't. He doesn't start off. He didn't start off using a lot of footwork like he used to when he was younger. Yep. But the the other thing as well is that this weight class he's too he's too small for this weight class. I believe. Yes. You know, that's the problem. He's way too small. He has to try to get in with his footwork, which he's bouncing in and out, and he's slowing down. Yeah, he is a little he's bit, slow, not much. Can, he's slowing down. Yeah. You can see it. There's a big difference in just yeah. his hand speed, his foot speed. Is he's slowing down, and and that's yeah. that comes with getting older, and it's you know this is when it's you go it's getting close. He's still fighting a top guy. Look, Ugas is good. So the real thing is, Manny Pack, he's slowing down. And so with that, you know, it's going to change, you know, his ability to get in on guys, to get out and without getting hit. And I just thought overall kind of looked like he was in that position. He's kind of going out anyways because he got tired. He never used to get tired. And so, you know, I thought he lost the fight. I thought the judges got it right. Mm-hmm. I thought Ugas was the winner and, and it was done the right way. So good yeah. job by Ugas. Manny, you've done enough, man. Don't need to yeah. do it. I, I do I do not want to see him against Errol Spence. I don't either. I, it would not be in my my opinion, it's not gonna be a competitive fight. Now Errol I, Errol can't fight for a while because he had a he has a detached retinas, so that's uh something he's gonna have to take care of, but you know. Every, all good things come to an end. They do. Yeah, I understand that. I wouldn't mind watching him fight someone like like Robert Guerrero or somebody like Ortiz. You know, like someone more his size. Like he, that Ugas was big, man. He was tall. You could tell every time Manny got hit, it like threw him off balance. And even when he covered and cut, he covered, it still threw him off balance. He didn't have to hit him hard either. It was just clubbing him, and he was like moving him around the, the ring. I think uh, I think Ugas had no respect for his power. Once the speed started fading away, he realized he couldn't get hit and the, the power wasn't there anymore. And then as he slowed down, he started seeing everything coming in. So, yeah, yeah shitty situation. But, look, Father Time's undefeated. We say it all the time. It's going to happen. So, overall, there was a lot of fights, a lot of things going on over the Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And now I think we're done with this show because we've gone too long and I need sleep and you need sleep. <laughs> And uh, uh, I'm going to go get some sleep because it's 4 o'clock in the morning where I'm at. And I haven't slept since the day before the day. Yeah, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah look, we, we love to bring the, the news to you guys as fast as we possibly can. Uh, but we also, too, understand that sometimes the energy level needs to be at its max capacity. And I think we have run out of energy. So what are we going to say, John? We're going to say we're going to do news on our next show. And today we're going to say that's enough and we will see you.